0: Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey.
1: This is a Vault Studios production.
2: Following his conviction and sentencing in 2018, it was clear that Tex McIver and his lawyers weren't going to stop fighting for
3: his freedom. We have felt since we first got in this case very strongly that Tex is absolutely innocent of everything that he was charged with. He loved his wife. He did not mean to hurt her, and he's not a murderer.
4: He did love his wife. There was never any controversy about that at trial. Every witness who testified, every prosecution witness who testified, testified that they were an unbelievably loving couple, like teenagers in love.
5: And maybe he he deserves a break, and we will find out when his appeal comes out if he's gonna get that break, because the good Lord above knows what really happened.
2: I'm Caitlin Ross. This is Intent, the Tex McIver case, Chapter 8.
0: Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey.
2: Since his sentencing in 2018, Tex McIver has been behind bars for the murder of his wife, Diane McIver, in 2016. Andrew and Jane Ward have stayed in touch with their old friend through phone calls and letters.
5: I talked to his sister I talk to his brother. I talk to Tex. We we phone each. Well, he phones me. I can't phone him, but I get these phone calls occasionally. They come up on my cell phone. Will I accept a call from the correction center in in Georgia? And we press one for yes, and there he is on the phone. And the first words out of his mouth: "How are you? How are Jane? How's the kids doing? Are you coping okay with COVID?" Um, what's everybody doing? It, it's never. What can you do for me? Or I feel sorry for myself. Or I'm sad. Or I'm. He, he believes in his appeal, and we we can only hope that that works. Because if it does, we want to bring him to our home, and and try and help him adjust. Adjust, and we Have enter the workplace, yes. and and just, get his life back together. Yeah, just, yeah. he's maintained his decorum, really, of, I I think he honestly believes this will get sorted out, because if he believes it won't, I don't know how he would hold that.
2: Andrew and Jane say Tex's letters are characteristic of the man they've always known.
5: Some of his letters are wonderful to read, and the last one, oddly enough, oh great, a letter from Tex, let me see what he's up to. And it was a discussion and debate over champagne. And, um, should you use a cork to, to seal it afterwards? And what glass should you put it in a flute or a, um, a, a flat bottom glass? And what do you think? Think Andrew, because I'm a hospitality hotelier, I've worked around the world doing that, which is why we got on so well in his kitchen. And so it, it's interesting. It's not all, uh, it's not all about him and his case and how he's surviving, I think he's holding on to reality in his letters and when we talk through. to get through this. To get through it, Absolutely. And I have asked, well, how is it, Tex? What's your room like? What well, Can I send you anything? Will they let it get in? Am I allowed you to bake you a cake with a, a, a saw inside so you can saw yourself <laughs> out and escape? And just some humor in there to try and help these days go by. And I wrote the, two, two letters ago, he wrote me and said, I cannot tell you how much your letters mean to me in enabling me to keep one hand on
2: reality of what's happening out in the real world. And as they promised in the early days after his conviction, Texas attorneys have been working on an appeal over the past few years, arguing that, for multiple reasons, the jury was conflicted and their client was denied a fair trial. Former prosecutor and court TV lead anchor Vinnie Politan says that just watching the jury deliberations drag on back in 2018, it was clear the jury was struggling to reach a verdict.
6: It took day after day after day after that note came out for the jury to come back. And all of a sudden it's like, well, if they were considering all these not guilty, what's taking so long? What is going on here? And then the jury said they were deadlocked. And that's, as, that's the point, you know, there, there's, there's a problem in, in there that everyone's not agreeing. They're telling you we can't all agree to anything here. But then the judge uh, read the, um, the Allen charge, you know, told them go back in there, try harder, get it done. And then they came back with this verdict. And, and the question is, is there some level of compromise in, in the ruling that they, they came to, the conclusion that they came to? Did some believe in malice murder and some believed not guilty, and they decided, okay, well, let's meet in the middle on felony murder. But felony murder is not in the middle. Felony murder is the prosecutor's best friend in Georgia, just as serious as malice murder. So, um, this jury and these deliberations uh, are are an, a, really a, a fascinating look at the way our system of justice works and and how a jury. Uh, comes to their decisions sometimes when there is not agreement in that jury room.
2: Prosecutor and former 11 Alive legal analyst Latonia Hines.
0: You knew that he was going to spend, if, if he served his entire sentence before, if he served what he had to serve under the law to be able to get parole, he was going to serve his entire um, natural life in prison. Like he wasn't getting out no matter what. Um, so of course he's... I could see that they would want to do an appeal. And I think also he was not necessarily well. I think that came up sometimes that he hadn't, hadn't been well. So it's not surprising that they would have a, they would do an appeal.
6: There certainly are real issues on appeal in this case. I mean, one big issue was that the SUV, the Ford Expedition, was not put into evidence by the prosecutor, but was put into evidence by the judge. And then the jury, during their deliberations, was allowed to go inside that Ford Expedition. And that's a potential problem, potential issue on appeal. You know, was the jury attempting to reenact the actual crime? So that's that's a, a potential basis to have this thing overturned. Um, and if you had to try this case again, um, usually I say on a retrial, advantage prosecution, but in this case, if they get a second chance, I say huge advantage to the defense.
2: In July of 2021, Judge Robert McBurney denied the defense's request for a new trial, and Texas attorneys turned their attention to a higher court. In October of 2021, Texas defense team filed a request for a new trial in a 70-page brief to the Georgia Supreme Court. In that brief, they point to a range of issues they believed resulted in an unfair trial for Tex. Among those issues, Judge Robert McBurney's refusal to allow jurors to consider a lesser charge of involuntary manslaughter. They go on to argue that the prosecution achieved a guilty verdict through, quote, "...the accumulation of speculative and foundationless evidence about the supposed financial motive," and by portraying McIver as a greedy, heartless, and contemptible man who should not be permitted to profit from the death of his wife. They also bring up a slide that was presented to the jury during the prosecution's closing arguments. The slide contained, along with a list of other words, the letters KKK. Texas lawyers write, The message, subliminal yet unmistakable, was that McIver was a racist, a member of the KKK, and that his credibility, in his statements to the officer when he was questioned, and in his out-of-court statements to others, should be judged accordingly. Texas lawyers later summarized the 70-page brief, writing, If ever there was a case in which the cumulative impact of improper prejudicial evidence resulted in the denial of a fair trial, this case sets the standard. In January of 2022, Tex, his legal team, and lawyers for the state appear before justices of the Georgia Supreme Court.
3: A former high-profile attorney in Atlanta convicted of murdering his wife is asking for a new trial. Tex McIver had a hearing before the Georgia Supreme Court today where his attorneys argued the jury should have been allowed to consider a misdemeanor charge instead of the felony he was convicted of. During closing arguments, the state used a PowerPoint slide with KKK imagery but never actually said anything about it. They let jurors draw their own conclusions. MacIver's attorneys argued it improperly inserted racial bias into the trial. Justices asked the state about that decision today.
1: You certainly don't condone that in, in a case like this, where there was no evidence of involvement with the KKK, that a PowerPoint presentation that the state relied on in closing argument, not arguing relationship to the KKK or association with, but just leaving that on a PowerPoint presentation where other race evidence had been maybe properly admitted, you don't condone that as being appropriate, do you?
3: No, Your Honor, that is not proper. The court will make a decision in the coming months.
2: Tex McIver would have to wait almost six months to learn what the justices would decide. The story rocking Atlanta tonight, a reversal in Tex McIver's murder conviction, the
4: Georgia Supreme Court unanimously reversing that felony murder conviction against the...
2: In late June, more than four years since he was convicted of murder in the death of his wife, Diane McIver. The state Supreme Court decision was announced.
6: In its opinion released today, the state Supreme Court wrote the jury should have had the option to find MacGyver guilty of a misdemeanor involuntary manslaughter charge. The max sentence for that is a single year in prison. MacGyver has already been in custody for nearly five. The Supreme Court also wrote there was not strong evidence at trial MacGyver intended to kill his wife,
3: which played into its decision to overturn the conviction. I expect that he would be relieved and thankful and grateful.
2: Tex McIver's attorney, Amanda Clark Palmer, says she was hopeful the Georgia Supreme Court would overturn the murder conviction, even though the high court doesn't do it often. It's
3: huge. It's—I don't know what the percentage is, but the amount of convictions that get overturned on appeal is some slim number. So to have this case particularly where, you know, Tex got sentenced to life in prison To have that conviction be overturned, it's huge.
2: She says what they wrote in the decision is even more important. She thinks
3: it proves what they've been saying all along. We have felt since we first got in this case very strongly that Tex is absolutely innocent of everything that he was charged with. He loved his wife. He did not mean to hurt her, and he's not a murderer.
2: Defense attorney Amanda Clark Palmer sat next to Tex MacGyver during his murder trial and has been in touch with him since. She believes the Georgia Supreme
3: Court saw what she did during that trial. The part that stands out to me, you know, beyond reading that they reversed his conviction was that they agreed that the evidence against him was not overwhelming. Nobody testified they were in any kind of fight or marital discord. And in fact, the testimony was exactly the opposite, that they were very much in love with each other.
2: Texas attorney Don Samuel spoke to my colleague, 11 Live reporter John Shirek, in the hours after the ruling was announced and minutes after talking to Tex on the phone about the Supreme Court decision.
4: Uh, I heard about it uh, maybe about 2.15 this afternoon. I was in my car and the opinion was released by the Supreme Court. And uh, Amanda, my partner, called me and started screaming. I thought maybe someone had broken into our office or something was going on, but it turned out it was the reversal. The, the unanimous decision um, in essence said that when you, when you try a case like this and there are different available options, you have to make sure the jury is told all the options that are available to them. Intentional murder, reckless conduct, or negligence. And the judge in this case didn't do that. So the essence of the opinion is you got to give the jury all the options or you can't be sure that the verdict represents a fair verdict. So he, he instructed the jury in essence, you can either find that it was totally accidental or it was murder, intentional. But he didn't give the option to the jury that um, he was negligent. We presented the option to the jury that he put the gun in his lap in the car. He had no intent to shoot, no intent to commit aggravated assault, no intent to murder his wife, but he put the gun in his lap, it was loaded, um, and then he fell asleep, and that that was negligent. To have a loaded gun in your lap in the backseat of a car was negligent. And as a result of that negligence, the gun went off and killed his wife. That, the jury was never told, if that's correct, that it was just negligence, then you can find him guilty of a misdemeanor.
2: Samuel believes had the jury been given that option, Tex MacGyver never would have been found guilty of felony murder.
4: I think the jury would have actually found that that's exactly what happened. That's why they didn't find him guilty of malice murder. They found that he didn't intentionally kill his wife. So the the obvious other option was it would have been a misdemeanor with a maximum sentence of 12 months. you know, the the Supreme Court did not reverse the conviction of influencing a witness for which he was sentenced to five years. He has now served four years and 10 months of that sentence. So the most that he could be required to serve is two more months. Uh, and then he'll be brought back to Fulton County. And we assume the judge would immediately give him bond while the, while the DA's office decides what they want to do. Move forward. Dismiss the case. That's the only only option we would consider at this point. You know, maybe the jury would come back and find him guilty of negligent homicide, but he's already served five years, so he couldn't be sentenced to any more time. So that would be a waste of everybody's effort. And uh, so that would make no sense at all. And if you read the Supreme Court decision, it is so profoundly insistent that the evidence of intent was completely missing in this case, that he intentionally killed his wife, and the Supreme Court said that. The unanimous decision of the Supreme Court said the evidence of negligence and accident was virtually overwhelming, whereas the evidence that he was angry, none. That he had a financial motive, none. There was was no evidence to support a malice murder conviction. In fact, the, the prosecution claimed that there was a second will. Nobody ever found a second will. No lawyer ever said they drafted a second will. Nobody ever said what this mysterious phantom second will even said. And yet the prosecution, in what I can only describe as being prosecutorial misconduct, fantasized that there was some second will and created a motive where there was none. So that evidence wasn't excluded. It should have been excluded because there was no evidence of a second will, just a theory.
2: Samuel says he talks to Tex often especially leading up to the oral argument before the Georgia Supreme Court in January.
4: It's not easy being 79 or 80 years old, you know, sitting in a prison in South Georgia, but he's always been very optimistic. He's always believed that the Supreme Court would in fact reverse the conviction. And um, when I talked to him this afternoon, he, you know, he was just overwhelmed, obviously. He has a lot of friends. He's had a lot of supporters. He has a family. Um, I assume he would move back to, you know, to, to Atlanta, but I don't know for sure. He doesn't have a law firm to go back to. Um, five years is a long time to spend in prison. He's gonna. It's gonna take some some work.
2: The conviction had been overturned, but that didn't mean Tex was out of the woods. The Fulton County District Attorney could still decide to retry him.
1: Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis is studying the Supreme Court ruling on Tex McIver to decide what her move, her next move, should be. McIver has about two months left to go on his sentence for witness tampering, and Samuel is going to try to get him out of prison early while they wait for Willis, the DA, to decide whether to retry him for murder.
2: Just three weeks later, on July 22nd, the news broke. The district attorney had made a decision.
3: Breaking news in Fulton County, where the district attorney announced this afternoon her plans to retry Tex McIver for shooting and killing his
0: wife. That shooting a lot of you probably know about happened back in 2016 here in Atlanta.
2: Yes, yeah,
6: so
7: in late June, the state Supreme Court overturned the murder conviction and the life sentence against McIver. 11 Alive's Joe Hinky has details about this second trial, when it could begin, and the charges the DA
6: may bring against him. Around the Fulton County District Attorney's Office is requesting a new trial take place within 180 days, and they will be seeking a murder conviction once again against Tex MacGyver. Fulton G.A. Fonnie Willis, in a court filing today, wrote her office plans to retry MacGyver for felony murder, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, and possession of a firearm during a felony. The jury this time, though, would be able to consider the involuntary manslaughter charge.
2: In the motion to put Tex MacGyver on trial again, DA Fonnie Willis wrote that the Supreme Court found there was enough evidence at trial for a rational jury to conclude beyond a reasonable doubt that McIver was guilty of the crimes for which he was convicted. 11 Alive's John Shirek once again reached out to Texas attorney Don Samuel for reaction.
1: Don, thank you very much. So um, the DA uh, filed her request today. Uh, uh, first of all, how does the process go from here?
7: Well, you know, the judge had, the the district attorney's office does have the right to uh, uh, seek a retrial, um, and the traditional way of doing that would be for the lawyer to simply send an email or one or two sentence uh, uh, motion to the to the trial judge, Judge McBurney, and say, please put us on the next available calendar. Um, this is uh, noteworthy in that it uh, did not follow the traditional method. Instead, it's a little bit. Uh, uh, critical of the Georgia Supreme Court. Uh, it is, it misrepresents, in fact, what the Georgia Supreme Court held. It omits to mention that the Supreme Court uh, unanimously held that the evidence was weak and thin. Uh, the, it, this motion they filed, uh, which is more of a closing argument or a political statement as to why they're going forward as opposed to um, a, a legitimate and, um, you know, you know, modest requests to simply put it back on a trial calendar, which is all they're asking for. Instead, it seems to me they're trying to uh, influence the public uh, beginning on day one. And it's uh, it's ironic that the Supreme Court criticized the DA's office uh, in so much of the opinion that reversed the conviction for misconduct, for putting in uh, inadmissible evidence uh, and irrelevant evidence uh, and, and uh, other questionable tactics that were engaged. And here they are doing it again. Um, you you would think that the DA's office would would uh, tone it down a bit uh, and be more professional, but apparently not not yet. anyways.
1: what does it take after four years to pull together witnesses and evidence and everything like that? That's part of the what you're talking about is is how long it would take to do this, and you know how fresh are memories that that you would have to ask people to recall things that they remember or that well, happened.
7: Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, we the, I think every Everybody who was involved in the trial of this case um, would say it was probably an unforgettable experience. We all re- remember who all the witnesses are. A lot of it's been excluded by the Supreme Court decision. A lot of the evidence won't be admitted again because the Supreme Court, you know, in, in essence said it was garbage evidence It had no place in a court of law. So a lot of that's going to be, you know, shortened. And um, the remaining evidence, you know, would, would make this a shorter, quicker trial. Um, The DA is at somewhat of a disadvantage because all but one of their trial lawyers has left the office. There's only one lawyer left in the Fulton County DA's office who was involved in this case. Um, Whereas the defense team, we've been with the case since day one, Amanda Clark Palmer, Bruce Harvey, and myself. We tried the first case, we handled the post-trial motions, we handled the brief in the Georgia Supreme Court, and we're ready to go back to trial. So we don't have as much of a learning curve as the DA's office is going to have.
1: Um, but we will be ready for trial. You were talking about uh, trying to see if you could get McIver out on parole. I think is is the right phrase here. Uh, where do things stand with with his incarceration and your efforts to uh, to get him out on bond?
7: He has about three weeks left on his original sentence. It would take longer to do the paperwork for parole than for him to just finish this three weeks that he has left uh, in in Long County. So he'll complete the sentence um and um the um process at that point will be he'll be returned to Fulton County and he will we've already filed a motion for bond so Judge McBurney will hear bond motion he'll be essentially in pre status so the bond motion will be heard as soon as he gets back to Fulton County which should be sometime middle or end of August You know, we will be put on a trial calendar. That doesn't mean it can't be dismissed. Doesn't mean the DA may not change her mind. Doesn't mean the DA may say he served enough time and we don't want to try him again. Um, So they may, you know, they may have lost some witnesses they may want. They may look back at the evidence and say, with the evidence that's been stricken by the Supreme Court, we can't go forward. So, but he's in pretrial status as of what are three weeks from now. And at that point, he'll be in the Fulton County Jail and we have to make bond. We expect him to make bond. He was given bond before the first trial. No reason he shouldn't be given bond again.
2: With the DA's decision to retry the case, Don Samuel says his team will be ready to defend Tex as needed, but he remains hopeful that decision could change.
7: If she wants the case to go back to trial, put it on a trial. We'll have a trial. I am hopeful that maybe there'll never be a trial in this case because Tex MacGyver has served five years for a crime he never committed.
2: Last month, in September of 2022, Tex McIver was transferred out of state prison and into county jail. And just last week, McIver was back in a Fulton County courtroom, appearing before Judge Robert McBurney for a bond hearing.
8: I don't find that there is a set of conditions that I could impose um, that would guarantee uh, or sufficiently assure me, Mr. McIver, that you will come to court. your trial, that while you are not in court, um, but awaiting trial, um, that you wouldn't revert to things I've seen in the past, whether it's being around guns, it's sort of ironic that the state you go to is Texas, um, to not be around guns, I appreciate that your sister has no guns in her house at this time, Um, or that there wouldn't be a reversion to trying to contact witnesses to have them um, think about the case from your perspective. Um, You've got a track record with most of those things that remains before me properly. It has nothing to do with the Supreme Court's ruling. Um, But most of all, uh, I am concerned about um, your willingness uh, to return to court for your trial. And so at this point, I am not going to set bond. However, um, as before, if there is any date that needs to be continued because the state says we're not ready, then I invite your lawyers to remind me, as I'm sure they will, that um, I've drawn a pretty bright line that your detention is in part contingent on the state's readiness. And if they back away from that, then we need to revisit this. And the second thing I'll say is that it may well be that your team Uh, Mr. MacGyver thought there would be a different outcome, and they may regroup and come up with a different set of conditions to include a location where you might live that is not many states away, Um, and I'm happy to revisit this. Not in a day, and not in a week, um, but uh, there may be a set of conditions that um, gives me the confidence that number one, you'll be in court when it's time to try this case again. And then number two, no guns and not contacting witnesses or folks who are connected with this case. But as of now, uh, I'm not comfortable that I could fashion a bond with a set of conditions that would
2: um, allow me to um, have all those things occur. After more than six years, a seemingly endless series of surprising developments, a weeks-long trial, testimony from dozens of witnesses, this story is not over. It was a tragic accident.
5: We believe that wholeheartedly. They both lost their lives in this. Diane lost her life living and sharing her joy with us. And Tex lost his life because he's incarcerated. But God bless him. Even at that, he's still helping the people all around him to to Metric get through himself. their journey yeah. and better themselves. Metric. So yeah. that's who he is. And, and nobody will ever change our minds
2: on that. Intent, The Tex McIver Case, is a co production of Vault Studios and 11 Alive WXIA News in Atlanta. Will Johnson and Brian Weiss are executive producers with Vault Studios. Reed Redman produces, researches, and edits the podcast. Richard Humphreys at Tacoma Media in Silver Spring, Maryland, mixes and edits the show. You can find me on Facebook at Caitlin Ross 11 Alive or on Twitter at Caitlin Ross 1.